This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo. This is the second to last edition of our Dash to the Draft Marathon this week, which will bring you seven new episodes in eight days. And today, we continue with our division-by-division draft previews with a voyage through the AFC West. This division has been one of the more competitive ones in recent years, but there is more mystery than certainty surrounding it in 2018. Less than three years after winning Super Bowl 50, the Broncos are beginning what should eventually be a large roster retool, and the question is, how does that retool take shape with this draft class? Just a year or two before they head off to Vegas, the Raiders brought back John Gruden to rebrand the identity of the franchise, but how can he blend his old-school football philosophy with new-age talent? In a very weak conference, the Chargers and their stacked roster have a golden opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl, but they also must consider getting Phillip Rivers' long-term successor as immediately as possible. And last but not least, how do the Chiefs smoothen the transition from the Alex Smith era to the Patrick Mahomes era on both sides of the football? Joining us now to discuss what these four teams ought to do in the 2018 NFL Draft is Carl Dummler. Carl is an NFL Draft Analyst for MileHighHuddle.com, which is the same place where front of the program Nick Kendall resides. Broncos fans can catch Carl and Nick's weekly draft coverage on the Huddle Up Draft podcast. It was a pleasure meeting Carl down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl this year, and it is an honor to welcome him to the program for the very first time. How are you, Carl? I'm doing great, man. The draft being less than two weeks away, this is this is my Christmas and uh, so I'm excited to get this thing going and just to finally see the answers. I feel you, man. These next 10 days are going to be a blizzard of lies for the most part, dare I say. Oh, very much so. Everybody's going to be lying out of their teeth. So you hear something, there's maybe like 1% of what you hear this next week that you should believe. Oh, absolutely. As, and as Greg Gabriel, the longtime NFL scout um, who was on this program a couple weeks ago, told us, don't believe anything you hear right now. And Greg, who has worked in this business, he knows what he's talking about. You have to take his advice to heart. So uh, without further ado, let's talk about the team you cover, the Denver Broncos, who find themselves in a very unique position with the fifth overall pick. They can go get their quarterback of the future, provided the right one is available. They got one of the top three blue chip talents of the draft, specifically Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, or Saquon Barkley, since Bradley Chubb is unlikely to be there, or trade down with another quarterback desperate team such as Arizona or Buffalo. If you are John Elway and Gary Kubiak, which route would you go if the quarterback you want is not available? If the quarterback's not available, I am working to trade back. Honestly, I I like Quentin Nelson. I like Saquon Barkley. I like Roquan Smith, but I'm not in love with any of them. They're they're good, not like franchise changing or franchise defining kind of players, in my opinion. And if you're at the top five, those are the kind of players you want. Those guys that can just define your entire franchise for the next 10, 15, maybe even 20 years if you're really, really lucky. And this is this is one of those drafts where it's not very top heavy. There's not that that those those guys that you just absolutely have to go get uh, the, the ones that really are there are positions that just are not that great of value. Guard, running back, off ball linebacker. Those are just not valued positions in the NFL right now. And so if you can trade back and still get somebody that's of of pretty close talent wise, of uh, you could trade back instead of getting Roquan Smith at five, you can get Terrell Edmonds at at 12 or 13 or not Terrell, Tremaine, sorry, Tremaine Edmonds, 
that that's still really really good value and if you can maybe get that that extra first round pick next year because if they can't find their quarterback if they can't get their guy this year they're still going to be in that quarterback market next year so that would be my if they can't get a quarterback that's what I would do in that scenario Yes, and the Broncos are definitely exploring that option as we speak, as your website has been reporting in recent days. And now let's come up with the ideal four-round haul for the Broncos, assuming they stay put. And the ideal situation for them at five is to have either Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield fall into their laps. So the most ideal, Rosen or Mayfield at five. But if neither of them are available and the Broncos cannot trade down, who would you take? Has Bradley Chubb already been picked? Uh, yes, Chubb. It, it's pretty much a lock. He's going to go either two to the Giants or four to the Browns. Okay, just making sure. Otherwise, he would be my my non-quarterback pick. I would go Roquan Smith at five. He is one of my favorite off-ball linebackers that I have ever watched. There's a couple other guys that I would put above him. Uh, Kukli, when I watched him, I was screaming at the TV for the Broncos to trade up and get him because I love that that leadership plus incredible skill set that you can put into the middle of the field. When you have NFL teams who want to run tight end, you know, two tight end sets, want to run these really, really fast running backs out of the backfield, uh, there's just a lot more spread systems where you're having one-on-one matchups. And if you don't have the guys that can can match up one-on-one and hold their own, you're, you're not going to make it very far in the NFL. And a Roquan Smith that can help out in the run game and the pass game and be a an emotional leader in the middle, be a very smart leader in the middle for the Bronco defense. I would love to see that. So I, it's, I, I'm not really big on taking him at five, but if he's if we have no other choice, that would be my other guy beyond the quarterbacks, beyond Bradley Chubb, that I'd be OK with the Broncos taking. So either Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield or Roquan Smith at number five and at 40 overall. In round two, the Broncos can go a lot of different ways. Let's assume they get Roquan Smith here. So we give them their linebacker, which is a major need. If a quarterback like Kyle Lawletta is there, they could easily consider him. Or if one of the top interior offensive linemen like an Austin Corbett is still there, they could consider him because they still could address the right guard and right tackle spot for long term. Or if uh, there's a run on receivers, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are north of 30. They have to get ready for the future at that position. So a lot of different ways uh, the Broncos go. And also a defensive line, given the long-term health of Derek Wolf and the legal uh, issues surrounding Adam Gotsis, plus uh, the edge depth behind Von Miller could be addressed too. Lots of different ways at 40. If you were in charge, what would you do at 40? Well, this, this always depends on how the board has fallen. This is... A draft, I can see the Broncos going so many different directions because, like I said, this isn't a a top-heavy draft, but this is a very deep draft where I think the talent that you can get maybe at 15 is still the same pretty close level that you could get at maybe 50. Uh, So I I usually – I'm a trench guy. I think Nick has probably talked to you about that before of him being a trench guy. That's why we get along so well because we both value that. So if there is a defensive line talent that's there that's worth it, uh, Tavin Bryan, I doubt he makes it out of the first round, but – he would be a perfect fit because he is that aggressive one gap shooter that I think you put him with Bill Kolar and he could turn him into an all pro kind of talent. Again, him being there at 40 isn't very likely, but if that kind of talent falls there, it's hard to pass that up and to keep that defense strong. I know every Bronco fan out there wants them to really focus on the offense with good reason because they were pretty bad last year, but I think they've done enough for the offense that 
if a great defensive player falls there, go for it. Isaiah Oliver is another guy that I could see the Broncos really liking for that third cornerback to keep that, that secondary really, really strong for the Broncos. Uh, if we're looking at offense, one of my favorite players in this entire draft is Tyrell Crosby. And a big part of why I like him is because I think if you need, if, if you wanted, you could start him at guard. He's strong enough to, to handle himself on the inside, but he's also got tackle upside. You and I both got to see him at the, at the senior bowl. And something that I noticed with him was he, he struggled the first day, but once he got used to the players that were around him, oh my goodness, man, he, he just, by the final day, he was dominating guys. And so I, I wouldn't mind him because he has versatility for the offensive line and he has that aggressive attitude. He reminds me so much of he's a he's a less athletic Garrett Bowles, but he's a stronger he's stronger than Garrett Bowles. And so to me, that's like the perfect fit for that right tackle spot that the Broncos are wanting. But since they already got their guy Valdir for that right tackle spot, stick him at right guard, let him learn from Beltier, uh, let him learn on the interior. Boom. You got your offensive line pretty well, looking pretty good by then. So let's give them Tyrell Crosby at 40 and Raquan Smith at five in the event no quarterback uh, that they like falls to them. And they have two picks in round three at 71 overall. We've uh, given them their offensive lineman. We've given them their linebacker. Are there any corners or playmakers here that intrigue you? There are the wide receiver position. This is where I could see the Broncos really targeting that position. I know they view it as a bigger need than probably the general public does. And so I, I could see them uh, going with a a wide receiver. I, I'm trying to think of some different names that, that could fit really well here. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton comes to mind. Yeah, he wouldn't be a bad option. I'm trying to think of the who's the Boise State wide receiver. Cedric Wilson. There you go. There, there's some guys like that. Memphis has a wide receiver. Anthony that a Miller. Of, Anthony Miller. There you go. You're, you're, you're my, you're my name guy today. <laughs> Nick will tell you I'm terrible with names, but Anthony Miller is one that I can see because he's, he's dropped a little bit because of a foot injury, but he's one of those guys that if that foot checks out, he could be one of the biggest steals of this draft. He most certainly could. And I think that would be the perfect pit for the Broncos at 71. If he's there, because they need some, guy who could uh, replace Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas that can run great routes, in my opinion. And uh, he is one of those route runners. So Anthony Miller is the pick at 71. And so we've given them their playmaker, their offensive lineman, their linebacker. Any corners intrigue you here at 99? Yeah, it, it depends a little bit on how aggressive they want to get, how much risk they want to take on some things. But just some names to, to kind of throw out there, uh, J.C. Jackson of Maryland. He's a very, very aggressive cornerback. He's a little bit smaller, but man, I, I think he would be an interesting fit, but he has some off-field issues. I, I think you're looking at a Duke Dawson. He's one of those slot cornerbacks that could fit in well with the Broncos and what they need. Again, another playmaker, another guy that can kind of stick in the hip of a, a defender. A Holton Hill, if you really want to get aggressive, he has first-round talent, but he has undraftable off-the-field issues. So if you're balancing that out, are you willing to take that kind of chance here in the in the third round? But he is six foot two, about 200 pounds. And, and this guy, he's, he's locked down. He is going to either make somebody really, really happy again, be one of those huge steals or one of those guys that you're just like, oh, I knew he was going to be a bust because he couldn't handle himself off the field. Yes. And uh, if no corner here at 99, any defensive linemen or edge rushers here? 
that intrigue you? So the, the edge rushers, this is the the hard part for me in this draft of of quite knowing how they're going to go, where they're going to go. Because there's such a need and such a, an importance to the position, they could get overdrafted. But there's a lot of guys that are very, very close in, in value. Dorrance Armstrong is one guy that I think there's going to be a very wide range of, of grades because you're going to either see a lot of potential or you're going to see a guy that you just think, oh, man, he's he's too much work. Josh Sweat, Florida State, he's one of my favorite players. He's not very good off the snap. He's usually one of the last guys off the ball. But his speed of being about a four five three forty kind of guy, and he's long at six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds, long arms at thirty four and a half inch arms. I think you pair him with Von Miller and say, Von, teach this guy how to jump the snap count, and I, I away he goes. So he he would be a fun one to really see with the Broncos, especially in that third round. I'm trying to think of some others a little bit later in the draft, that fifth sixth round, Kylie Fitz, Kamoko Ture is another favorite of mine. We saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he, he's got a lot of potential. He's got some injury issues, but but definitely some some potential there. Uchina Nuoso is another that I really like from USC. He's a little bit on the smaller side than what the Broncos like. They like those about 6'4", guys about 250 pounds, so a little bit on the shorter side of, of what the Broncos are looking for, but he has got a lot of potential and a guy that I think USC didn't use to his full ability. I thought that they could have used him a lot more as a pass rusher. And then if you really want to get a little bit crazy, Ogbanya Okoronkwo, there we go, got it from Oklahoma. That man is a ball of energy. I would love to see him running around for the Broncos. Uh, and another name that comes to mind, edge rusher-wise, Duke Ejiofor from Wake Forest. He could be available this late. Definitely. Yeah, he, he's definitely another option. He, he's a guy that uh, I think... He needs a little bit of coaching, which a lot of these guys do. This is a a pass rush group. If they go to the right coaches, I think could be actually a pretty a, a stronger pass rushing group than people are giving it credit for. But there's also a lot of guys who just need a lot of work. Yes. Yeah, so for the hell of it, I think edge is even more important than corner. So let's give him an edge here. Um, who would you choose? Of all the names I listed, I would definitely go Josh Sweat, Florida State. I just think he has the highest upside of all the guys that I listed. Yes, and there is a chance that Josh Sweat falls this far given his troublesome injury history. And now moving on to round four in our four-round draft hall for the Broncos. We've given them Roquan Smith, Tyrell Crosby, Anthony Miller, and Josh Sweat. Uh, They could uh, get another quarterback here if they want. Like, say, if uh, Mike White is still available here, they could get him. Or they could uh, get another tight end here to add to their tight end depth chart. Or another corner here. Your pick. So I wouldn't wait any longer to go quarterback. At this point, you're kind of guessing of of who's going to still be there. But uh, Chase Litton is a guy I know that they are very high on from Marshall. I could see them here in this fourth round looking towards him and and viewing him as that developmental guy that they could could maybe see what they could do. Mike White, you had mentioned him. Uh, Kurt Binkert, maybe a little high for him, but a guy that has a really strong arm. Maybe if you get with the right coaching staff, he could do something with it. But those are some of the names that I would look at here for the, the quarterback position. Tight end, again, depends who's still there. This is this is where it gets to be such a guessing game because I've seen ranges for some of these guys like Hayden Hurst. He's a great one where some have him as the number one tight end in this draft. Others are saying he's already 25 years old. Why would you have him as your top tight end? So I've seen him all the way from first round to, to fourth round. But uh, if a guy like uh, Dalton Schultz is still there, in the fourth round, that's a guy I'm definitely looking at from from Stanford. 
I would I would love him. He's kind of that do it all tight end for you. Kind of that Jason Witten. You can move him all around. He's that chess piece, and he's not he's not going to be that number. He's not going to be a top five tight end in the NFL. But he's going to be one of those guys that you can trust. He's going to do his job. He's a good route runner. He catches the ball well. He's a good blocker. He's just he's one of those solid guys that you're going to stick in there and you're going to love to have on your team because he's a hard worker and he's going to do everything that you're going to ask of him. So at 106, would you take the quarterback or the tight end? I guess I'm going Dalton Schultz. We've kind of designed this draft since we didn't get quarterback in the first. We've kind of designed this to to really build around our, our guy Case Keenum here. And so adding another guy like Dalton Schultz to the tight end group, I guess I'm just going to go that direction and just hope that Case Keenum turns into the quarterback the Broncos need him to be. Yes, so we've got the tight end at 106 and at 113. Do we go the other developmental quarterback or do we go corner here? I would say corner. Yeah, I I would rather. I mean, like I said, if we're already all in on on building around the the quarterback, then let's just stick with it and try to find our guy. Maybe uh, MJ Stewart of North Carolina is is a decent option there. Maybe uh, Tony Brown of Alabama, again, Holton Hill, no telling where he's going to go. I could see him clear up in the third round or I could see him go undrafted, just depending on how teams really view how he's answered his questions this year. Uh, Michael Joseph of Dubuque is kind of an interesting player, small school. Isaac Yadim was my favorite cornerback from the Senior Bowl of Boston College. Man, I, I would love to see him with the Broncos. He is a shutdown corner. He's not very good at catching the football. He had so many drops at the at the the Senior Bowl, but he was in position to make plays. So I, I, it'd be hard to to really turn him down. So we've given them Dalton Schultz and Isaac Yadam in the fourth round, and that concludes our draft haul for the Broncos. And now moving on to the Raiders. And when you look at this Raiders team, their basic priority in this draft has to be defense, defense, defense. Because outside of Khalil Mack, they have nobody that worries opposing offenses. Maybe Mario Edwards to some degree, but he is uh, the player. He's just the player the Broncos hope Demarcus Walker grows into. So uh, he's not really that fearsome. Like aside from Khalil Mack, they have pretty much nothing on defense. And although there are screaming needs at all three levels, which area should they address first? Assuming Harold Landry, Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Derwin James, and Denzel Ward are all available. If they're all available? Oh, my goodness. Say the names again. Harold Landry, Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Derwin James, and Denzel Ward. But since we gave Roquan Smith to the Broncos, let's take him away. All right. Well, then, if, if I'm looking for just pure talent alone, and you're you're just kind of, kind of like you said, there, there's... There's problems at every single level. So I'm going Derwin James there. I, I just think that he's a chess piece that fits well with today's NFL, just getting to move around that you can have near the line of scrimmage. You can have him drop back in coverage. He can cover the the slot if you need him to. He can cover a running back. Whatever you need him to do, he is that player. Plus, he is a great leader. I would, as a Bronco person, I would absolutely hate for Derwin James to go to the Raiders. I think he'd fit in perfect. He is a great locker room guy. He is that leader that when he speaks, everybody listens. So that that's who I would probably go for the Raiders there. Yeah, so Derwin James at 10 overall. So we've got them there helping the secondary. And at 41 overall, we could give them a linebacker, another defensive lineman or edge rusher, or given the fact that Donald Penn is 35 years old and coming off a list Frank injury, got to short that tackle position. I think offensive tackle is actually a, a bigger need than people realize for them. 
they they really have two tackles that they're they're going to be needing very very soon like you said donald penn's getting up there in age right tackle they just really haven't had anybody they've kind of been like the broncos of rotating guys in just hoping somebody turns into something and so depending on on how boards fall i could see maybe connor williams being there maybe that's probably a little little too low for for him in this draft but maybe uh martinez rankin he's a guy that can play a lot of positions he has a lot of versatility. That's something that people really love. He's got quick feet, uh, the ability to really take on those speed rushers, which you're going to find a lot in the AFC West. So if, if I'm looking at a guy here in the second round for the Raiders, that's probably where I'm looking. Yes, Martinez Rankin it is at 41. And at 75, uh, what linebacker or edge or defensive lineman would you be looking at if you were the Raiders, if not a corner here? So I, I'm probably looking for a defensive end here as much as possible because I need to find that other pass rusher opposite of of Khalil Mack. It's just it's it's getting I know Bruce Irvin has been quite the quite the talker. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen all of his talks with uh, with Mar- Marquette King and being pretty upset about him wanting to be on special teams so he can go hit his ex teammate, those kind of things. But Bruce Irvin is not a great player. He is average at best and and that's being very, very kind. And so some some guys there, maybe a, a Chad Thomas of Miami. Breland Speaks of, of Ole Miss is another guy that that I could see being a, a real possibility. Rasheem Green, he's kind of one of those hybrid defensive end, defensive tackles that that a lot of teams seem to be really targeting lately. I, I love him from USC, but uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to say that they're going to go maybe a little bit high upside, but a guy that's pretty raw right now and go get a guy from, from my home state, Dorrance Armstrong of Kansas. Dorrance Armstrong it is at 75. And last but not least at 110, I think there should still be a good linebacker for them. They can easily upgrade that linebacking core right now. Definitely. This is this is the great thing for a lot of teams that th- there's a lot of teams looking for those off-ball linebackers. And this is one of those drafts you, you are happy that you need one because there's a lot of these guys that you can look at. Uh, find them in the third, fourth, fifth round, and they could still be starters for you. Just some some names out there. Nick DeLuca of North Dakota State is kind of a, a name that is drawing a lot of attention lately. Uh, Josie Jewell is another guy. He's a great leader, very good instincts. He he's When I'm thinking of John Gruden, these are the kind of football players I'm thinking for John Gruden. The, the no-nonsense, go-make-plays, just be in the right place, do your job, do it well, smart leader, just that that bring your lunch pail to work kind of guy. And he comes from that kind of university at the University of Iowa. Those are the the players that those coaches really, really love. So uh, I, I guess if I'm looking for a outside line or a off ball linebacker for the Raiders, Josie Jewell here in the fourth round for them. Yes, Josie Jewell would be the quintessential Gruden grinder, that two-down thumper, but with all the smarts that John Gruden would really love to add to his locker room there. And now moving to the Chargers, and as I alluded to in the intro, there is a lot of buzz going around right now that the Chargers are targeting a quarterback early in this draft as they try to find an heir apparent for Phillip Rivers, who will turn 37 in December. And two names they're showing significant interest in are Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen. If both of those quarterbacks fall to pick eight, which is a real possibility. And as we've mentioned on this program before, the Bears at eight, the 49ers at nine, and the Raiders at 10 are all reportedly considering moving down. Do you give up as much as you can 
to move up and nab one of those two single callers? Or do you stay put and address one of the few remaining weaknesses on your very talented roster in order to gear up for one more championship run with Phillip Rivers? If I'm the the Chargers, I'm looking at the AFC and I'm seeing an incredible opportunity over the next couple of years. There is the the Patriots, but even there, they're showing some signs of maybe some cracks. There's some players really speaking out about some things going on behind the scenes. So how great are they going to be? They, they lost a lot of talent this year. They really did. I know they're really good at, at retooling and they got a lot of draft picks and things like that. But again, this is a key opportunity. You got Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. They're right in their, their prime of their careers. You got Philip Rivers, who's still playing well. You got your offensive line that looking a little bit better than it was. You got some weapons on the offense. You you got some playmakers on the defense. It just it is. It's a very 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 solid team at all levels on both sides of the ball. And in the AFC West, you kind of hinted already at it. There's a lot of question marks on all the other teams. So this is a huge opportunity for the Chargers to really grab this division and and have an opportunity for a Super Bowl. So if I'm them. I'm staying put. I'm finding a player that that fits a hole that I have and trying to really build that championship team. And let's assume for the moment that they do follow your advice and stay put. At 17 overall, I see a couple ways they could go. At offensive tackle, you have the often injured Russell Okung. And at right tackle, you have journeyman Joe Barksdale and Michael Schofield. You got to upgrade your tackle depth, especially that right tackle position. Or as great as that Chargers defense is right now, their run defense is still worrisome. And you need a defensive tackle or a linebacker to help you gain more strength over the middle there. So what would you do if you were the Chargers here at 17? So this is where I, I would probably work to strengthen that offensive line. Work to, to strengthen the the players around Philip Rivers and and make that a very very strong offense. So a uh, Mike McGlinchey of Notre Dame would be a great choice. Uh, a Connor Williams of Texas would be another good choice. Those are guys that have versatility and to play in a lot of positions on the offensive line. So they can plug and play wherever you see your your weakness at. They can be that kind of player. But especially a Mike McGlinchey who who started out his career at Notre Dame on the right side. And he actually really thrived there almost more than he did at left tackle. So you could start him there at that right tackle spot over Joe Barksdale and be very, very happy with what you got. Because, again, the AFC West, you got a lot of the the, the toughest match, matchups are for that right tackle. So you really want to have a strong right tackle in the AFC West. And then Russell Okung, like you said, he's getting a little bit more in, in age. He's got that injury history. So... McGlinchey, when when it, the time comes, he can move over to that left tackle spot. I think that would be a perfect pick for them. So Mike McGlinchey at 17 and at 48 overall, I think you got to address that run defense with either a linebacker or a defensive tackle. Yeah, I, I think this is a position where you really look for the defensive line and see what you can find here in the, the second round. This is where maybe you try to get like a, a Tim Settle. Of Virginia Tech, really big guy, six foot three, three hundred twenty nine pounds, but moves so well for being that size. Usually, when you view guys that size, they're more of that that two gap. I'm gonna plug, let everybody else make plays. But this past year, just looking at him, he had twelve and a half tackles for loss and four sacks from that position. So I, I think that would be a huge upgrade for them. I think that would be a great player for them to add. So we've given them Mike McGlinchey and Tim Settle. And at 84 overall in round three, uh, should we get them their linebacker or should we get them a safety here? Because this is a pretty deep class of safeties. I would probably go linebacker here. This is kind of that, that sweet spot, I think, for, for some of these names out there. 
and just see what we can add to this group. And and so I'm I'd be looking at a guy like Oren Burks of Vanderbilt. He's a little bit on the smaller side, so he's not going to be your huge run stuffer kind of guy. But he is that perfect combination of size and quickness to be that coverage guy that you really want. At six foot two, 228 pounds. He is that guy that can eliminate tight ends, running backs, whatever you need him to do. And and so if I'm looking here third round, that's one of the guys I'm looking to, to add. And I think he's one of those guys that could get bigger if you get him in an NFL locker room, if you get him in that weight room and become that really big time three down kind of player. He's one of my sneaky players that I think is going to shock the world with how good he is. So Mike McGlinchey, Tim Settle, and Oren Burks. And at round four, pick 119, do we get them a safety or do we get them a quarterback to develop? So this is where I'm looking quarterback for them. It's worth it at this point just to take a risk and grab a guy, see what you can do, develop him, and and just hope that he can turn into something. Uh, this is where I'm looking at like a, a Mike White and and just hoping to see if he can turn into something that he, he's got a little buzz about him. Uh, again, he's another guy that I could see going in many, many different places throughout the draft. But he would be a great addition for for the, the Chargers to develop behind Phillip Rivers. And that concludes the Chargers. And moving on to the two-time defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. Two-time is in the past two years. And with Marcus Peters, Derek Johnson, and Tom Haley all gone, plus Justin Houston nearing 30 and Eric Berry coming off a torn Achilles, the Chiefs are in the midst of a total defensive overhaul. And they began that overhaul by acquiring rising star slot corner Kendall Fuller from the Redskins of the Alex Smith trade and signing former Cowboys linebacker Anthony Hitchens in free agency. On the flip side, though, they should also prioritize making Patrick Mahomes even happier by getting him better protection, especially on the interior offensive line, as well as better depth at slot wide receiver and perhaps tight end. Beginning with their first pick at 54 overall, what positions of need should they target? I, I think you got to target cornerback for sure. They just lost their number one cornerback. Like you said, they did add a guy, but he's more that slot cornerback. And, and even, even before they lost Peters, cornerback was still going to be a huge need for them. And and so if uh, I'm the Chiefs, that's where I'm looking. I'm trying to upgrade that secondary. There's just way that, that entire defense is a, a complete question mark. They have a couple playmakers, but otherwise there's just not a whole lot for them. And so adding talent to that group would be very important. Uh, I'm looking at maybe a throwing this name out again, J.C. Jackson in Maryland because he's so talented. You got to be OK with the off field concerns. Are, are you OK since you just traded a guy that had off field concerns? and couldn't deal with him to now bring in another guy. I, I don't know if they'd be ready for that, but he, he's a guy that I could see them looking at knowing that he's a huge upgrade over what they do have. I know Nick Nelson of Wisconsin. He just tore his meniscus in a pre-draft workout, but he is expected to be ready for the season. And he is a, a very underrated player in this draft. So if he's there, I could see them again, taking a chance and seeing what they could get for him, uh, get out of him. So I guess I'd go Nick Nelson here for for the Chiefs. Yes, uh, that pick would make sense, especially if the Chiefs medical staff is comfortable with his the report on his injury. And they have two third-round picks as the result of that Alex Smith trade. 78 overall is their first of two third-round picks. We've given them their corner in Nick Nelson. And now I think you got to start looking at beefing up the pass rush, whether it's from the edge or from the defensive tackle position. Yeah, this is where I'm maybe looking at a... Trenton Thompson of Georgia. 
This is a guy that has very, very big time upside. I don't think he's reached his his top ability. I think he could be a better pro than he was a college player. But he's six foot three, about 288 pounds, and fits well in that three four defense that they like to run, and could be a, a very nice complement on their defense and getting some interior pass rush for him. But again, he's a player that they're going to have to work to develop some. I, I think they're just going to have to take some chances if they plan on staying on top in, in the AFC West. They're going to have to really hope some of these guys develop quicker than than you think and just go for go for broke, go for talent because they, they have a lot of, lot of question marks on this defense. And so a guy like Trenton Thompson is who I would kind of look at. So we do them Nick Nelson and Trenton Thompson at 86 overall. Uh, maybe you add to that linebacker depth or this could be the place to add some much needed interior offensive line protection for Pat Mahomes. Yeah, this is... This is again where the the middle of this draft is just so incredible. This is where I'm I'm really looking at a lot of great names uh, that teams could add to to the interior. Uh, a Braden Smith maybe. I mean, this might be on the very far end of of where he would actually go in the draft. But I think there are going to be some guards that fall just because of the depth. Teams are going to be like, well, I could take this guy in the second round, or I can get this guy that's almost as equally talented in the third round. So why would I take him? And so guys are just going to fall a little bit, but I could see a Braden Smith being a great fit there. Six foot six, 315 pounds. He's great in both the run and the pass. He's got a lot of experience. So he's one of those guys you can plug in there day one and, and see what he could bring. So if Braden Smith is there. I'm, I'm running to the, to the phone and calling the commissioner saying, this is our guy. We want him. Go get him. Uh, Wyatt Teller, is another guy because they, I think he fits their system so well that that zone system, that zone stretch that they like to run from Virginia tech. He's six foot four, 311 pounds. He's smart. He is a hard worker. He's one of those guys that just, you, you just don't see him make a whole lot of mistakes on tape. So th- those would be two guys I'd be looking at there for them. But if you only had to choose one, would it be Wyatt Teller or Braden Smith? Oh, Braden Smith. He, he's the more talented player for sure. Yeah, so Braden Smith it is at 86, and with their first of two fourth-round picks at 122 overall, I think uh, you could add some playmaking depth here. Definitely. Uh, There's many different directions I think they could go playmaking-wise. I could see them going tight end just to get another guy opposite of Kelsey, kind of go that 2011 Patriots offense where they, they have those big tight ends and can move them around, make a lot of mismatches for teams. Wide receiver again is another position just because they have they have guys, but it's it's a lot of question marks for them. So maybe go in and getting like a a, a semi Cobbs because he's a little bit different kind of talent than what they have. He's more that possession guy. They have a lot of speed, but they don't have a lot of those big guys that can go up and make the tough tough catches. And with with Mahomes, th- those are the kind of wide receivers I think they're going to need right now. So I would be looking at a Simi Cobbs of, of Indiana. So Simi Cobbs at 122, and last but not least, at 124 overall, uh, you could add a corner or a safety here if you want. You could add a linebacker depth if you want as well. Right. I, I'm probably going to keep adding to that secondary and maybe look at a guy like Jordan Whitehead of Pittsburgh, five foot 10, 198 pounds. Again, he's kind of that guy that has a little bit of a, a bad history. He got suspended earlier in the year for for three games. But again, a guy that's a huge playmaker, a guy that can come down and and 
make a lot of plays. He actually even was used on their offense as a running back, which is kind of crazy. I mean, that's just kind of the athlete that he is and what he brings to the table. But uh, to pair him with Eric Berry, I think would be a great combination for for the Chiefs. He is Carl Dumbler, ladies and gentlemen, milehighhuddle.com. Follow him on Twitter at Carl Dumbler, M-H-H. Carl, it was such a pleasure to have you on the program, and we hope to have you on again in the very near future. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. I'm glad I finally got on with you. Glad you finally got on with us as well, Carl, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Tomorrow will be the final episode of our Dash to the Draft extravaganza, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive, including our 100th episode special, my interview with longtime NFL scout Greg Gabriel, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Carl, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Carl Dumbler, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromelo saying so long, and as always, stay awesome.